Welcome, everybody, to the Barrel Proof Podcast. This is episode number 266, I think, 7. I don't know. I'll come back and check later. Patrick's good at this. He'll tell me what it is. Uh, but Patrick's not here tonight. That's the reason you're only hearing me and birds and perhaps my dogs. Uh, it's been a kind of a crazy work week for me, Ty, Patrick, Robbie. Last week of practice for all our kids. And so you're, that's why you're, you're only hearing me tonight. And uh, uh, it's probably going to be a fairly brief episode for that mainly for that reason a uh, couple things to catch up on and then uh talk about as we go forward um two results from last weekend it's the opposite of the week before where we came away with two victories this past weekend we came with two losses uh one the first being an absolute shellacking uh for lack of a better term uh against uh north carolina courage at north carolina uh a match where racing you know kind of didn't play particularly well uh but you know did but didn't that definitely didn't look like themselves um i think that that's a lot a lot of that is down to the fact that north carolina courage had sam U.S. back in the lineup looked really really good uh and we're playing like the absolute dominant uh nwsl team that they've been in the in years past uh, they are so good. Um, like I said, absolutely dominant. Uh, they had a sub come on Haley Mace and scored two goals as she came, after she came on. Abby Ursek scored in like the first three minutes of the match or something like that off of a really nice uh, corner kick. So you can score off corners in, in NWSL, uh, in case we didn't know that before. It's not super common, but it definitely does happen. Um, and, you know, you go into the halftime of that game, and you feel like, you know what, we're weathering a storm. We, we're not getting much, much in the way of offense, but we're, you know, only one goal. Not bad. And then the second half, I mean, everything just kind of fell apart. Um, I feel like when North Carolina is playing like that, I don't care who you are. You're going to gonna give up some goals. Uh, but when you kind of uh, – when you're an expansion team and you're still kind of learning how each other are playing and you're a little bit banged up and you don't really have a central midfielder that can stop Dabinia – uh, or Mewis or uh, anyone else they happen to throw in there, it's you're going to have a bad time, and that's basically what happened. Um, you know, these are things that I think everyone kind of understands and recognizes. You know, I think Christy Holly and Savannah McCaskill after the game had both said, we're really not – this is not acceptable. We're not happy with this. This is definitely not exemplary of who we are. And I think that's fair to say. You know, I think that they – you know, bad timing. They had a bad night to not play – quite so well and ran up against an absolute buzzsaw in North Carolina Courage. Um, however, there are a couple disturbing trends that kind of continued in that game wherein uh, a lot of sh- we gave up a whole lot of shots. Um, that it's 28, I think. That's a lot of shots. You know, you won't see too many teams give up more than you know, 12, 13, 14 in one game, and we give up the, double that in, in two games now. So it's the Washington Spear game, we gave up 26 shots. This game, we gave up 28. That's got to be addressed. You know, racing is not necessary. I think, you know, a lot of times we can give up shots, but they're not quality shots. Obviously, this is a different type of deal because of the 28 shots we gave up, I think 14 were on target or something in that neighborhood uh, or maybe close to 12. Who cares? It's, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> shots on target, you don't ever want to give up more than, in, in my opinion, five. And we give up like 12. Uh, and then they scored five of them. And, you know, that's just... <laughs> One of those, Evan Floyd used to always like to talk on uh, 
on uh, his on the in the house podcast about the law of big numbers. Well, unfortunately, you get a lot of big numbers, but all in one game, uh, that all kind of tends to compound and, and really hit you in the face. And that's what happened. Um, you know, not a whole lot. Emily Fox looked good in the game. I will say that, but not a whole lot else to really talk about from a racing Louisville standpoint. I don't think Michelle Betos could have stopped really any of those goals. Uh, you know, just a really tough tough outing for racing uh it's something that they can learn from and you know lots to digest there lots to unpack and lots to fig- kind of figure out going forward um but i think they can do that uh the tough news is they've got a real another really difficult opponent coming up uh, this week in portland thorns uh who are not doing as well as you know they might have hoped um thus far in the season but uh, still really dangerous you got christy sinclair lindsey Horan. Uh, you know, cast of cavalcade of stars in that team, and a, and a really good coach in Mark Parsons. Um, so, you know, things to be scared of there, uh, and a lot to to try and, and plan for, and figure out how we're what we're going to do going forward. Um, racing's just kind of got to weather the storm here, figure out, do the best they can to capitalize on the limited chances they're going to get, and do a little bit better job defending. Um, against a, a team that like that has a strong midfield um uh and can create uh, shots out of that i mean chrissy sinclair is just is otherworldly and you know is probably in the it's a hall of famer for sure and Lindsay horan is a is absolute beast in midfield as we know um so you know those are things to worry about um things did not get better on saturday night uh well they did for a little while um in the 95th 95,000th iteration of lipa fc uh, Indy 11 comes to Lynn Family Stadium and comes away with their first ever away victory, I think, in the series uh, since it's resumed after its uh, 15-year hiatus back starting back in 1985. I just made all that up. Um, but in any event, uh, this is another really frustrating result, but for different reasons. Um, Louisville City dominated the game. Attempted 500 passes, completed about 85% of them. Uh, did a great job creating chances, created three big chances of the match. Unfortunately, to only score on one. It was a really nice goal from Corbin Bone, but there should have been a couple more that went in, most of those being in the first half. Uh, Indy barely had the ball, uh, didn't create any scoring chances aside from the two that we gave up on penalties. Um, I think they might have one decent-looking shot in the first half. Uh, but to their credit, did come out with a whole lot different, with a whole different level of intensity in the second half. Um, you know, we can complain about the referee all we want, but those are two penalty calls that are pretty easy to make. Uh, you know, Tosha's, you know, if you want to act like it's borderline, you can, but I don't think that there's a whole lot you can really argue there. And then the Hubbard one is definitely 100% a foul. No questions asked. We're lucky he only got a yellow card for it because um, the ball was past him before he dove. Um, and that sucks. And then, you know, the annex of the, of the indie players, which, you know, I'm sure they've been <laughs> – frustrated with their results against us in the series uh in the past few years so you know whatever they want to act like dickheads that's fine that's their prerogative they're allowed to do that when you score goals which we didn't do um but that was kind of is one of those is a typical you know early season Louisville city performance in that we did all the things that we know we're good at you know possess the ball uh you know get look dangerous struggle to score uh and then give up stupid goals because of uh, mental defensive errors i mean that's exactly what this was and we've seen it early in every season we've ever had and it's just frustrating because a you know pat mcmahon said after the game we knew this is what indy was going to do uh they're just going to try and catch us on the counter and that's exactly what they did so it's not as though they didn't know it was coming um and i just don't know how why the you know if 
the preparation didn't quite work. And, you know, it's a, this, it happens. It's not, you know, you can't play perfect every game. Uh, but, you know, there's some folks, Phil Durbin among them, that are getting kind of frustrated uh, with these performances and the fact that we aren't really dominating just yet. In fairness, we've played four games, I think. Um, and so, you know, you can't get too hung up on the results in that short of time span. But for a team that's as good as ours is and experienced as ours is and has the consistency in the roster that we have and has had the off-long off-season that we've had, uh, you would expect a lot more cohesive uh, play, which is, you know, it's a hard thing to say when you look at the statistics and look at the passing numbers and look at the things that we did that expected goals, numbers, and things like that. We should have won this game going away. Um, so, you know, I understand I'm kind of talking about sides of, out of the, both sides of my mouth here. Uh, but, you know why you would think we'd be just primed and ready to absolutely roll everybody and he didn't play very well didn't create any offense didn't do much of anything going forward you know neville hackshaw is a good player and he gave us problems in defense and we'll have to kind of figure that out as we go uh but you've got you know you got to score goals um and you and then you can't concede dumb penalties and you can't do can't have really bad giveaways in midfield and kind of get away from what was making you so successful from stopping that stuff in the first half which is what happened in this game um good news is uh we got a little bit of a break uh coming up in our next match um well i say a break but you know it's atlanta united two next sunday um they'll be they're doing they're doing better than expected but this is still another game that we should win assuming they don't send down half their mls roster and i don't think they will i haven't looked at what the schedule looks like for them um meanwhile racing's got a bit of a break um going for the next week or so i think um which is good hopefully give these uh, girls that are banged up a little bit of time to rehab and get ready to play again soon um and then uh, the other good thing is uh, for louisville city well for both teams really um reinforcements are are on the way and or here Gemma bonner was at the louisville city game on saturday night and she's already training with the first team and will probably be available for selection at the next match which i'm very excited about um maybe you know if she gets some time and starts, uh, maybe she can give someone an opportunity to kind of maybe bolster, push up in the midfield and bolster there. Or we just get more depth in the back line, which is good. Uh, give uh, poor Brooke Hendricks a break. Uh, or maybe she, maybe a, a partner that she can really rely on. Although I've been impressed with Kaylee Real. Uh, so who, who knows how that's going to go. But in any event, glad to have her. And then Ebby, Ebony Salmon as it looks like it's on her way as well. Uh, you know, the striker that we got from uh, Bristol City. Uh, very excited to have her. Uh, and again, hopefully she can kind of give us a little bit more roster flexibility, um, especially, you know, trying to figure out what we're going to do about midfield. If she can press, if she can go there, maybe we can kind of figure out a different look or maybe we don't, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go, but more players is going to be good. Uh, regardless, uh, some things that, uh, in the, in the NWSL universe that have been kind of bandied around lately, Kristen press, uh, has not, uh, basically done with Manchester United for the time being. I'm not sure if she's going back, but if she wants to continue to play club ball going into the Olympics, uh, which is something that it sounds like she might want to be interested in doing, she's going to have to do it in in NWSL, and the team that happens to hold her NWSL rights is Racing Louisville. Does that mean she's going to play for us? I don't know. Um, I think that we're in a good position right now to kind of dictate whether or not that's a thing for her. If she wants to play, she's going to have to play for us because I can't imagine what uh, any other club is going to be able to offer us for her rights um, between now and the time that she wants to start getting ready for that before Olympic camp starts. Um, so something to keep an eye on. Uh, and then uh, still don't know about Tobin Heath. She's still rehabbing injury. Who knows if she's going to try and get minutes or not, but it's kind of a similar situation. Um, 
but that's that's kind of some fun stuff. Uh, on the Louisville City side, um, just announced today, Jonathan Winder, who's Elijah Winder's uh, younger brother, uh, signed his uh, first ever pro contract. He's with Louisville City. He's uh, 16 years old, has decided to forego college eligibility um, and train with us, and he's got his eyes on Europe, apparently. Got called into a national uh, team ID camp uh, recently. Hopefully that went well for him. Uh, it's a big step, big commitment, uh, but uh, these are smart kids, and uh, I think they've got a really good set of parents, and they've got a great, strong support system here in town, best I have understood. And so excited to have him, uh, and who knows what he'll do. Like I said, he's I think he's a center back by trade, but you know, when you play with us, you kind of have to be able to be, be flexible as, as far as positioning goes. And so uh, hoping to see him on the field at some point. Carlos Moguel was in the lineup and has been the last couple weeks in a row. Uh, he's uh, from, I think he's from, either Martha Lane Collins or Shelby County High School. I want to say Collins. Uh, young kid uh, who's on an academy deal uh, and has been in the line, has been in the 18 the last couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, hoping to see some of these kids get some time. Hopefully we'll be in a position where we're up uh, enough against uh, some opposition coming up where they can get some actual time in, in games because obviously Open Cup is <laughs> may never happen at this rate. So the, how we get these kids actual uh, competitive minutes um, outside of the USL Academy League or, or something else is is going to be a challenge, but I think it's one that Danny Cruz and Simon Bird and Mario are ready to deal with. Um, let's see. That's honestly all I have. Like I said, it's going to be a short episode. I wasn't super excited to talk about the losses last week. I am excited uh, about what we've got coming up uh, this coming weekend. Um, and uh, sorry, I don't have much else to add. Didn't send any ass barrel proof. Like I said, it's been a crazy week for all of us, and we apologize. But had to do something. Had to get my voice out there some way, shape, or fashion. Uh, so thanks for listening, and we will cut, catch back up next week with a much better episode, I promise. Thanks. <laughs>